Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. My guest today is Kristen Flather, CEO and co-founder of Macache, a girl's clothing line that was inspired by her oldest daughter's search for clothes that represented her aspirations. If you're a girl mom or you've ever shopped for a girl, you know that the clothing aisles are dominated by a certain kind of graphic. Lots of pink, lots of unicorn, and lots of glitter. Kristen set out to change all that and offer options for girls who want to see words like strong and bold that reflect their aspirations as well. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your story. So Kristen, tell us a little bit about you and your story and... um how you came to be an entrepreneur, this your line, and just like give us a little background of your story. I've been following you and kind of looking at your background and your story on Instagram and all the places, but I'd love to hear it from you. Sure. Uh, so I'm wife, mom of four kids, uh, dog mom, friend, daughter. I'm an educator, even though I haven't been in the classroom now for a few years. Um, I love books. I love to learn. And like you said, now I'm a small business owner. And that part, that last part came about, um, it's a pretty personal story in that it relates directly to my kids and especially my oldest daughter. Um, She's 11 right now. But a few years ago, we found it really difficult to shop for clothing for her. And she's been a kid from the beginning with a very independent spirit. And she decided very emphatically that she didn't like pink. Uh, She didn't like a lot of the graphics that come in um, the tops that a lot of those major retailers carry. Uh, So things like rainbows and unicorns. She didn't like princesses, um, bows or glitter or sparkles. And um, so it found, you know, we found it really challenging then to find things that she would wear. And so we started shopping in the boys' department. And it was there that there were a lot more options that she liked. There were kind of a more colorful palette in terms of like what options there were for t-shirts or shorts. The graphics on a lot of those tees were more powerful. They suited her interests a little better. She's been really into sports and especially into soccer and football for a while. And so those graphics, you know, appealed to her more. And then, you know, the fit was different too. She she didn't really like those short shorts and she she liked her shirts to fit a little bit looser. And so um, it kind of then just dawned on me, like there should be more options out there for girls. You know, there are some girls that that like the, the pink and the sparkles and that works well for them. And even those girls really sometimes want to break from it. Um, and that they're not one dimensional, that they have other interests too. And so, you know, to, for, to say that girls only like certain colors or certain things could be quite limiting. And so, you know, I had this idea of let's come up with some other options for girls, 
um, there are four girls that are geared towards them, but also represent different interests that they might have, different character traits that they might have. Um, you know, I found like a lot of the, the sayings would talk about girls being cute. And, you know, we wanted our shirts to say strong and courageous and curious and gritty and fearless and those more powerful words that really described what her personality was and what we found a lot of girls have those personality traits as well. Mm-hmm. And it's always, I'm a, a mom of a girl as well, and it always surprised me how cliched they were, how limiting. And, you know, my daughter loved pink and tutus and all the rest, but it, it is really difficult to find anything that it's the rare t-shirt or the rare graphic that is empowering and about boldness. They're all kind of cute and sweet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you had this idea, but then going from just frustration to starting your own line is quite a transformation. So <laughs> it is. Uh, how did well, that unfold? Well, for one, um, my husband jo- uh, jumped on board with okay. this idea. He was looking for a career change as well. And um, you know, even as a dad and as a male, he really felt like it was important for our daughters to feel empowered and inspired um, in general, but also in what they wear. You know, clothes t- are so telling of who you are and to have clothes that girls feel comfortable in, you know, both physically and like what that message says about them is so important. Um, so we jumped into this venture together, um, which has been really cool and has had its challenges. Um, so, you know, he, he has kind of parts that he works on and I have, you know, parts that I work on and we, we, we've been doing it together, um, for the last few months. Maybe even a family business, right? I'm sure the kids have lots to say about it. They do. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't agree more about how what we wear is so important and you know, the messaging, not only for us, that energy of what we're saying, but then what is that out to the world? And your company slogan is free to be you, right? Feel free to be you, which reminded me of that. Do you remember that 1970s like album, Free to Be You and Me? <laughs> like, But this essence of girls being given the freedom and permission from the beginning to express themselves in whatever way feels good. Right. And in 2020, you'd think we would be further along in that journey, but it still feels incredibly important and particularly right now. Yes, exactly. We don't want them to feel constrained by the gender stereotypes that really do still permeate today's culture in a lot of ways. And it starts at the very beginning, you know, even before babies are born, there's this you know, identity that's put on them. You know, if a, if a you know, mom knows if she's having a boy or a girl, all of a sudden it's pink or blue. Um, and those associations start so early on and then they continue, you know, through infancy into toddler, you know, and it just, it kind of just reinforces over, over, over time for these little kids, what it means to be a girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have a particular line with the heroic women. So how did you choose those women? I love that line. That's, I love the idea of the role model, but tell us a bit about kind of even just choosing those particular women and those images. Uh, Well, it's hard. And I have a long list of (laughs) more women we want to do and to highlight, you know, their stories and quotes from them. 
Um, so honestly, it's hard to figure out where, you know, where to start with that. Um, I wanted to pick women who really broke barriers, who exhibited those character traits that our brand represents. And we talk, I said, you know, courage is a big thing and determination and empathy. And these character traits are things that you see in the women that we chose. We also wanted um, to have diversity on a lot of different levels. So women um, from different racial and ethnic backgrounds, women representing different professions and areas of expertise, you know, showing different ways in which a woman can be a hero mm. or a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important, right? Especially, again, in the time we're in, we have right now the first woman of color potential vice president candidate, which is a historic time. And I think our girls are getting to see kind of the world change in front of them. Yes, definitely. And watch that unfold. Yeah, it's so exciting. I think we're starting to really dismantle that stereotype or assumption of what leaders should look like. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's exciting. Um, I have a story um, that my husband and I both tell a lot about when my oldest daughter was a toddler, she was probably about three years old. And we got one of these American president placemats, you know, the ones that have, you know, the, the presidents lined up in a row. And she's sitting there at the dinner table and she's kind of looking through it. And she, she looks at us and she's like, why aren't there any girls on this placemat? And you know, it kind of took us both aback because, you know, she's three and it's kind of hard to explain all of, all of that to a three-year-old. But, you know, it's encouraging to see the changes that are going on today and, you know, hoping that that, you know, continues and there are so many more opportunities for, for women and for all people to, to be in those positions, those leadership positions or any position or, you know, thing that they want to do that, you know, kind of anything's open to them. Mm -hmm. And you were a history teacher. Yes. Before becoming a small business owner. So how did that inform this process and this journey for you? Um, well, I've always been passionate about history from an early age. I majored in history in college, became a world history and U.S. history teacher um, for uh, high school level for years. And so knowing a lot about the history, you know, one of the things I always told my students was that the present is the pro is a product of the past. So to understand what's going on today in every way possible, you look to the, the past. The history tells us why things are the way they are today. And it's really important then to study the past to understand you know, the trends that we see today and also see those examples of the trailblazers, of the change makers and what they did and how they can inspire us to do the same thing today. Mm -hmm. And do you think of yourself as one of those trailblazers? <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, it, you know, I'm sure to your kids too, to your daughters, right? You left a career and you've kind of transformed and gone on, on to try something new. I, I mean, I think this comes up a lot with different stories and different women. We talk about the transformation or talk about moving from kind of an old identity to trying something new. And in hindsight with you, you know, telling me and you obviously have the lineup and the brand is successful, but there is all that in between that is messy. Sure. And takes courage. Definitely. I mean, a lot. I mean, knowing that my background is in teaching and history, I have 
you know, knowledge in that area and training in that area, but starting a small business is really a leap of faith. And yeah, it does, it does take courage. And I hope that it's setting a good, a good example um, for our kids to see um, what I'm doing, that I'm doing something that I'm very passionate about, um, that I feel really strongly about, and that it, it really is for them too to give, you know, um, like I, the whole story of what I told about my daughter, you know, this part of the reason we're doing what we're doing is because of her and our experience with her over the years of, of feeling that the clothes that were in the stores weren't what she wanted and what we were looking for. And we wanted to create something new. Mm-hmm. And do you have clothes for boys as well or just girls at the moment? Uh, so we do not have clothes specifically for boys, but we have found that boys like Macache yeah. <laughs> t-shirts too. Um, I do have, I have a son um, and he has a stack of tees in his closet and wears them on a regular basis. So they really are gender neutral, I guess you could say, or unisex. So, you know, the the company was designed with this message of girl empowerment. Um, But really we, we want to inspire and empower all kids regardless of gender. Well, and it's interesting, even as I said, the question, knowing that we do the same thing to boys. Sure. Right. In in the opposite way, we kind of decide that this is what the clothes that will suit them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not true, right? That can they can express themselves in a in a lot of different ways. Yes. Yeah. Um and I and so as a history teacher, and we're kind of at this point in this moment right now, celebrating the the anniversary of the nineteenth amendment, ratifying women's vote how are you feeling about kind of all of that and what you're creating in the world? How does that, when you are just imagining the future and Macache's place in it and kind of knowing that you have this history uh, teaching, what do you think of it all? Curious. (laughs) It's exciting. I don't know. Well, how do I think about it? So it's an exciting time. And I think what we're doing is important. And I think it's really relevant to a lot of the current events and what we see going on today. And, you know, we're excited to be a part of the changes that are happening. Yeah. I love it. Um, so mother of four, business owner, yes, busy, now potentially e-learning <laughs> uh, or hybrid e-learning. Right kind of finding it all and how are you finding time for yourself? Like what's filling your cup? Well, like you said, it's challenging, especially (laughs) during a pandemic when everybody is spending a lot more time at home than they ever have before. Um, One of the things that I like to do is go for early morning walks. Getting out of the house for me is a big thing. Just getting, you know, physically space. We live in the city, so I find that early in the morning it's calmer and more peaceful. Not as many people and cars on, you know, around, and so you know that's a time where I, you know, really enjoy being by myself and reflecting and thinking. And I used to take uh, headphones and music with me, and sometimes I do that, but a lot of times I'll just walk and think and not really, you know, be listening to anything or doing anything else. It's a very creative time, I think, that early morning solo time. 
Right. And I'm a morning person. My brain, I feel like works best in the morning. And so it is, it is a thinking time. It's a a good processing time for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And what's bringing you the most joy these days? And I know that's a tricky question, right? We are in the middle of a global pandemic and life looks different, (laughs) but um, this is the Rock Your Joy podcast. So it's important as- right you know, women and mothers and role models um, living out this courageous life. What's bringing you joy amidst all the things that are on our plate? I feel like it's easy to get swept away in a lot of the anxieties and stress around us. Um, something I just try to do is like be really mindful about celebrating small victories and the silver linings and all of this. Um, you know, I said that we've been spending a lot of time at home lately and it has its challenges, but it also can be a really beautiful time with all of us together. Um, you know, the siblings have moments where they fight a lot, but there's also really times where they get along really well and we'll do things together as a family that we would never have done in like normal times, you know, whether it be, you know, playing certain games games or spending time outside together, um, just kind of new adventures and activities. Um, my one daughter and I, we love to bake together and I'm usually not the most, (laughs) you know, up for the, the mess of baking, but, you know, being able to put that aside and just spend time together doing something that we both enjoy is really great. Um, so that's one thing that brings joy. And then like professionally, you know, I really enjoy what I'm doing and it brings me joy to see girls wearing our apparel and hearing feedback that, you know, whether it be from the parent or the kid saying, you know, I really like this. This is, you know, the first shirt I pull out of the closet or out of the clean laundry stack, you know knowing that we're inspiring and empowering other girls through our clothing line really does bring me great joy. Yeah. And you are working on a second edition or adding more elements to the line? Adding more elements. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So just recently we launched our first sweatshirts and joggers. Um, So we had because we back up, we previously had three lines uh, or three collections of t-shirts, uh, the Heroic Women, which we mentioned, um, the Wear Your Character tees, and then the Sports tees. Uh, and for our fall uh, launch, we, we came out with six hoodies and quarter zips and three different styles of joggers. Um, so we've added those to our collection And I mean, the whole process is, you know, I've learned you have to really think forward. So we're already planning for our holiday product launches um, and thinking about what we're going to add to those collections for the holidays. So what goes into that process? Like you said, you really have to think ahead. I'm thinking, you know, it's barely, we're still in the hottest part of summer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're already probably thinking about Christmas and all the different holidays and how to represent everybody. But like, what? How does that happen from the moment you say, we're going to create another collection? What's that process like for you? Well, there's the concept phase and then the execution phase. So, you know, conceptually, you know, I think about 
you know, what do I want these t-shirts to say? You know, which heroic women do we want to highlight on our shirts? Um, what kind of designs really reflect, you know, what those women were about? Or, you know, if it's a sweatshirt, you know, thinking about colors and design and all of that. Um, I don't do the designs myself. We work with the designer and go back and forth to come up with, you know, the, the actual images. And then once those are finalized, then they, they go out for production. Um, and that process is also multi-step going through. You know, we've had and felt a lot of different fabrics. We get samples and, you know, think about a lot about comfort and what is going to feel good. Um, we have our kids, you know, we have them give input on what they like and what they don't like and what feels good for them. And that's helpful. And then with production, you know, it takes time from production and shipping. And then once we get them, we have to bag everything and tag everything. And it is quite um, a lengthy process to go from, you know, what do we want to put out there to actually getting it up on our website. Mm -hmm. And you're strictly, strictly straight to consumer. Right now, yes. Yeah. And is that a growing process or is that just a choice in the modern kind of way of doing retail? Uh, both, you know, we started that way. And while we were looking to get into some stores in the city, um, COVID hit. And so, you know, our plans have evolved as, <laughs> as the world has adapted and we've pivoted in different ways, um, to try to, to make, you know, reach different audiences, reach parents of girls, reach the girls themselves and, and, you know, make them aware of what, what we're about and what we're doing and, you know, hopefully, you know, get them interested in, in buying our products. Yeah. I think the word pivot might be our 2020. Totally. But the agility that it takes, right. As a business owner. And as I think, again, just looking at how everything we do is a reflection for our kids and particularly um, you know, considering that so much of what you're doing, I think it's a, a really great thing for them to see us doing and see us kind of adapting to, we don't really have a sense of, you know, we want everything to be the same tomorrow, but it's never, that's never guaranteed. Right. And they really do see it. I mean, they see me working every day. I don't know if you can tell I'm in my family room. This is my desk. <laughs> so um, they're around all the time. They see me working and they see me working a lot more now than they would have in, you know, usual circumstances where they might be at school or at camp. Um, so there is this, you know, working from home has taken on much different meaning now that kids are at home more often. And the line between work and home is definitely blurred. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you'll miss from this time of life? I think about that a lot, you know, down the road. What am I going to wish that I really, you know, either took more advantage of or enjoyed more or, you know, didn't realize how good that was until things are, you know, different again. Mm -hmm. um, I think in general, things are a little less chaotic right now. Um, having four kids and having them be involved in different extracurriculars and sports and with friends. Like there was this time where it was constantly in the car, shuttling kids around back and forth. 
Um, I called it, you know, I have a minivan, like my minivan taxi driver. Uh, and that has definitely slowed down. Well, and you have like middle schoolers. So there's a... Yeah. So, well, that's slowed down a lot. And I think that it is nice not to feel like we're running around all the time from this or that. There was a lot of dividing and conquering where one parent would take one kid somewhere and the other parent would take the other kid somewhere else. And it is nice to be together and not feel that pull of being everywhere all the time. Yeah. Do you think you'll keep any elements of that? We'll see. (laughs) It's already starting up a little bit now that school is back to school season. Um, You know, it looks different, of course, than it did before. Um, My oldest daughter is participating in a soccer program and it, it will be different. It's following all the, the social distancing guidelines and the, the sports. I don't know what you, you call it. The you know, the guidelines that they've they've put in place. But she is doing that, and so you you know you see it creeping back in here and there. And I think it's good for them. And I'm really happy she's able to do it because it is really good. But it's starting to pick up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Here too, I can I can feel myself resisting some of it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I really like the slowness. I mean, I talk to people who are having dinner as a family consistently for the first time mm-hmm. every night. No, and we always joke like nothing new to report. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With the family dinners is something the same, the same for us. Like the six of us all sitting down together for dinner has been, it's been nice and it's been different. You know, so usually that six o'clock time, usually somebody's running to go pick someone up from somewhere. But when there aren't any sports or activities, that means everyone's at home and we can't eat together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with me. I'm excited and we're going to do some online shopping for back to school. So we'll be my daughter's of an age now or she likes to be part of that process. Yes. So great. we have the tab up on our computer to look for some t-shirts as well. And um, she's yes gotten very decisive about like the kind of backpack she wants. And, yes. Uh, you know. <laughs> I know what that's like. And I encourage it. I love it. I think it's important as well for them to have those choices. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for sharing your story. We were going to put your links into our show notes and share. And um, thank you for taking the time to come on and and share the transformation and this vision for having our girls be able to express themselves through their clothes. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.